really, in conversation, we all just want to talk about ourselves. And I think I, I made a bit of peace with that and said, like, that's just the way it is. And so, yeah, I don't mind listening to someone else's conversation for a little bit as long as I get to talk to myself for a little bit as well. And then if talk you Talk about yourself or... Yeah, talk about yourself. I talk about myself and then you talk about yourself. And then I might ask you a question about you and you might ask me a question about me. And for me, that's a, that's a, a nice, respectful conversation. Mm. It's too far the other way. I'm like, look, you're, you're breaking the social rules here. This exchange is not fairly weighted. It's not fair. It's not benefiting me at all. Yeah. Unless there's some sort of other aspect of it. It's like they're rich, you're at their party. Yep. You know. They're famous. And like the longer you, the, the longer they talk about themselves, the longer you get to be in the vicinity of this famous person. Exactly. Yeah. And, the, and then uh, that's part of the exchange. That's, and I think They've that's got a bouncy castle outside. Yeah, and that's if and that's a fair trade. That's a fair trade. That's a fair trade. It's all about fair trade. Oh wow! So this, wow! So there could be like social equity involved in in how much time I listen to someone. Mm. Some sixty year old dude talking to me about this, that, and the other. He's got no social equity. I'm gone. Yeah. See ya. Why am I here? The only reason why I'm here is for my politeness and to upkeep my own kind of. You know, I, I don't want to be seen as rude, but as soon as I don't care about my rudeness, um, you know, and it's not even rude. Mm. Actually, he's being rude. Yeah. And the, the brilliance of this conversation, because I just noticed you pressed record, Hunter, so I guess we're, we're in. And I know you won't edit this because <laughs> it's just going to start. Um, the brilliance of what we're talking about now about listening to each other and going back and forth is that we're a podcast and our listeners are locked into this contract of they have to listen to us and we can't listen to them. Yeah. So this is like the, this bizarre social contract that you, the listener, if you're listening, um, have. And you can choose to turn us off or or walk away. Yeah. But press, we will never pause. We will never interact with you. I mean, it, it, email us. Mm. Strangely enough, after our last one, we, you know, we put our emails out there. Mm. We didn't get any emails. I didn't get any emails. I find that really strange. But we bleeped yours out, though. Oh, true. We did. But I feel like people could figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> people could figure out what my email was. They really wanted I noticed, Hunray, we've got a very select um, audience on our podcast, and I think it might just be our immediate friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> it says 51% female. Really? Yeah. That's, well, that's flattering, isn't it? And one, actually, I think like one or two listeners in Ireland. Really? Yeah, you haven't seen the stats, actually. No, show me the statistics. Yeah. Who, who's in Ireland listening to this podcast? <laughs> show yourself. Reveal yourself. Did we, ever, did we ever talk about Irish affairs on the podcast? No. So I, I went to Ireland and I learned a lot about, about the... The political, you know, the political climate over there, and I only know a little bit, and it's complicated and 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 rich. It's a very rich place in its history. Hmm. Deep or dumb? That got a lot of views. Listens. Thirty-five. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Maybe don't maybe don't say how many on on. Oh, air. You know, if you're if you're listening to this, you are one of thousands. Thirty-five hundred. Thirty-five hundred tuning in. Um, well, I got, I've got a buzzy thought that I'd like to share. Okay. I, I received um, a really weird compliment in the last couple of weeks. Okay. And um, I want to preface this by saying, you know, have you ever received a compliment that the more you think about it, the more it kind of unravels and you realize that it's actually not a compliment, or at least it was, but you would have rather not ever had it? Yeah. So here's the compliment. Someone said to me, they said, you know, Josh, I think you're in your prime appearance-wise. And at first I was like, oh, wow, cool. That's nice to say. Because it's like to suggest you look better now than you ever have. Or that you're, you ever will. Or that you ever will. <laughs> it's like someone saying, hey, look, you know, it's, I don't think you're going to get better from here. I think yeah. this is it. <laughs> this is, this is, this is as good as you're going to get. Yeah, far out. Do you agree? Um, 
I don't know. At, like, at the beginning, like the more you, it depends on how much you think about it. It's mm. like, I was like, yeah, thanks for saying that. But, yeah, mm. I look better than I ever have. Um, how's this though? Mm. You can change uh, your face shape. Mm. You can like grow bone in your face. How? Um, well, this is this is kind of piggybacking off Joe Rogan. Mm. Um, but he had this um, person on talking about nose breathing. Mm. Um compared to mouth breathing and, and whatnot. And he's wearing this re- retainer that he sleeps with mm. that puts pressure on the top of your your mouth mm. and it widens your mouth. Because mm. um, what he was saying is our diets, back in the day we used to, you know, chew, mm. do do lots of chewing. Yeah. And now we've got all these soft foods, Yeah, um, you know, like smoothies. and pretty, And they're pretty high in calories. You don't really need a lot of... Yeah, you don't need a lot of chewing, and so our um, mouth is reducing in size, mm. and um, and yeah, basically our face structure is being affected by it. But um, you can get this thing that molds to your mouth, mm. but puts a you know consistent pressure on it, mm. and um, and it widens your mouth, and that actually adds bone structure mm. to to your face. There you go. So all is not lost. Josh, yeah, true. I um, I actually have heard of that before. It's I think it's called. Some people call it mewing. Mewing, yeah, 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 mewing. Yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's like you know, use it or lose it. You know, with your jawbone. Like if you're not chewing much, then you're gonna have, have small jaw muscles, and then if you chew a lot, then you're gonna have big jaw muscles. Dude, let's, makes, let's makes get on that chewing tobacco. Chewing tobacco. That's the big issue. That's why Clint Eastwood had such a strong jaw. He's always chewing tobacco. <laughs> in the movie, at least. One one other weird comment that I heard that always bothers, and I actually get it pretty often, um, not too much these days. Back in the day, I used to be, like, not super quick, but, like, pretty quick. Like, if, you know, if we're playing touch footy, you could rely on me to, you know, chase fast, chase, you know, yeah. chase a line break and, um, and you know, maybe, maybe get the tap. Um, but I used to get a lot of comments about how um, I was a bit slow off the mark but like I would build, build speed, but I just an e- just momentum, yeah, yeah. Immediately wasn't like super quick, and I would attribute that to um, you know, fast twitch and slow twitch muscles, as you would have learned. So you've got the slowest twitch. I think I got slow twitch, and consequently, I was pretty good at the long distance running, and fast enough, you know, given enough time to build momentum. And uh, I used to get a lot of people saying, "Oh yeah, dude, you know, you're pretty quick, but like, cause you're so tall." you're a bit slow to get started. And I used to, that used to really irk me because I was like, have you ever heard of a guy named like Usain Bolt? Yeah. Who's like six foot eight <laughs> and the fastest man who's ever lived. And it just, and I get it all the time, even from my wife. And it just irks me. Really? Yeah. I'm like, every, I'm like, <laughs> why is this so common? I'm like, why does this bother me so much? But it just does. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's actually six, four and you're six, six four. Six, four. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. So he's the same. But actually, he wasn't the fastest off the mark. Wasn't he? Yeah. No, he, he like, he got his speed, you know, 60 meters and sort of thing. Oh, my gosh. So does that mean that every time someone said this and I've been weirdly offended, I was wrong every time and I owe all these people an apology? <laughs> it's, it's a compliment. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're like you saying, I think I'm pretty fast, but I don't want to see it. I, I don't want to see a video of myself. No. <laughs> and I pull the meanest... I pull really bad facials, mm. apparently. Mm. Um, I was, like, sprinting after this um, guy in middle school. And um, I think he, I think it was in rugby. Mm. And then he looked back at me and then just started cracking up. And that's oh, how no. I caught him because oh, he just started cracking up. That is humiliating. Yeah. It is. It is. I was like, what are you laughing at? You know, I was so serious. Mm. And, um, yeah. Well, in the comments... Guys, if you're listening to this and you in the comments of the Spotify section, <laughs> is that such a thing? I'm I'm sure there's gonna be a thing. Yeah. Hit hit like on this on this podcast or or hit subscribe or follow if you want to h- see or hear a podcast of me and Hunter having a race. Just the audio. Just the audio <laughs> of our record <laughs> at the race, and then we'll tell you at the end who won. Nice, Hunter. Do you have a buzzy thought? Um, I was thinking about wingsuits mm. and flying mm. and wingsuits and how we can pretty much fly 
Well, you know, that's that's the closest thing. That's that's the closest form of flying. Mm. Explain to the folks at home what a wingsuit is, Hunter. Wingsuits, so, um, you know, like skydiving, but you have like a wingsuit, kind of like a flying squirrel. Mm. And you can actually get, so, up to a four to one. Um, so for, for every meter you drop, mm. you go four meters forward. Oh wow! But the average, the average, one is two point five to one. Okay, still pretty cool. Which is which is pretty cool, and but um, it's amazing that that exists, but so few people do it. Mm. And it's just it's purely just because of you know costs and commitment and whatnot. Maybe the danger. Danger, yeah, that that'd be a fact. Because I was thinking, like, what's the one thing? that every kid wants to do. Mm. And I, you know, I thought flying was, was that, mm. but maybe not. Mm. Maybe we don't want to fly mm. as, as people. Mm. Um, maybe that's not as strong of a desire, but always when, when I, when I got asked, the, you know, the question, okay, what's, what's that superpower that, that you'd like? Mm. Flying is up there. So wait, are you suggesting, cause, so you're saying that everyone, often says, oh, I'd love to fly. But the ability or the option is almost available. Well, and yet mo- not many people actually do it. I mean, uh, you can, yeah, you can literally, you know, have a four to one ratio where you, ca- you, you know, you are going downwards, mm. but you're also flying across the earth. Yeah. And there's a lot of time. Mm. Um yet hardly anyone does it yeah no it, we we don't the options available mm. we don't take it how could it be that something that so many of us want to do or say we want to do when it's actually available just don't do it because i i've never wanted to do the wingsuit thing i've just gone no way way too scary maybe i don't want to fly as much as i thought i did okay if you if you take away the danger element yeah. would you do it would I do it? Uh, so if it was safe? Yeah, if it was totally safe. 100% guaranteed that you'd um, you'd live. Yeah. You'd do it? Okay. Yeah, so I'll do it. I No, I don't think you would. You don't think I would? You don't think... No. Because, first of all, you'd probably have to jump 100 times skydiving. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How much How much money is that? Very then you'd, then let, you'd let, need to take some lessons and stuff just like the logistical hurdles yeah. that you need to take in order to get there mm. it's not just like okay yeah jump jump out with a wingsuit like yeah there's a bit of a price that you have to pay is this an allegory for how few of us are actually willing to do what it takes to achieve our dreams if i could take it down a not so deep route though okay i've often thought about superpowers and what ones you would have and I've noticed that most superpowers don't work unless there's like a, an accompanying superpower that comes with it. What do you mean? For example, um, if you wanted to have super flight, you would also need to have like super hold your breath powers and super like strong skin. Yeah. If you're flying, um, you know, if you're flying a hundred kilometers an hour through the sky, your your skin might actually. <laughs> melt off and the little particles would, would skin your skin off. So you need strong skin. And as well as that, if you go a certain height or altitude, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll starve of oxygen. <laughs> so you kind of need to fly at a moderate speed, maybe something like 60 kilometers an hour or 50 um, at a certain low level. And mm. I reckon for sure, if you were just going to be flying around at that light height, someone would just like chuck stuff up at you and just throw things at you and you just be like trying to mind your own business flying around and (laughs) someone would just (laughs) make it difficult for you. That token guy that can fly. Mm. Let's get him. Yeah. Um, Another example is super strength. Like if you're going to pick up something that's a ton, you know, you want to have pretty strong skin or else whatever that thing is will rip your skin up when you lift it up. The bones, like imagine punching a a concrete wall, Mm. you know, your muscles being able to do it, but then your bones just crumble. Shatter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you make a, a good point. If any of you, uh, you know, 
come across a genie with some wishes, mm. make sure. Be specific. Be specific. Yeah. Yeah. Another one is uh is invisibility, Hunro. Because to be if you're if you could turn invisible, you would also turn yourself blind. Because to be invisible, light needs to pass through you so that you're invisible. Yeah. But your eyes need to absorb light to see. So the light would pass straight through your eyes, making you just completely blind. Right, yeah, okay. Unless you could be invisible in such a way that your eyes are just there floating around like little Pac-Man ghosts and and you could just do that, but... Yeah, but then, you know, I don't know. There's there's a whole lot of, okay, where's the brain going to process? I don't know. Oh, yeah, well, that's got to be there. So, yeah, just the brain and the eyes. The brain and the eyes. Invisible and they just float around. (laughs) Did you want to do another one? I do. I've got another one. So I found out... um, you know how, like, humans, you might know this already, that, you know, if you touch your skin or just over time your skin, like, regenerates itself, just yeah, skin flakes fall off you and, you know, your body grows more of those skin flakes. I found out that your whole body actually does this. So the cells in your body, they die, um, but your body regenerates more. Mm. So And it's like that in your brain, it's like that in your bones, your organs, mm. and... Um, over a seven-year cycle, oh, yeah, and some things regenerate faster than others. So your skin is a quick one, you know. Um, certain parts of you regenerate quite quickly, but your bones, a bit slower. Um, over a seven-year cycle, your whole body, all the cells would have died and then be regenerated again. And, you know, mm. your body can facilitate that through, you know, the nutrients we eat and all that kind of stuff. Even your teeth? Even your teeth, the cells in your body, they are regenerated all the time. And so over a seven-year period, you're actually more or less a completely different person. Your whole body has changed. Mm. So just the, like, I feel like your body is not just this kind of physical thing. It's it's more an ins- instruction set. I guess that's what just genetic, mm. you know, code is. Mm. It's just how to build this thing. Yeah. And then over time, that's aging. Yeah. It's, just, it's just regenerated this thing so much. Mm. Um, and so many times you get this wrinkly old, you know, what <laughs> bony a, body. What a mystery that is. Like there's a DNA in your body that is programming it to, you know, do the things that it needs to do. Even whatever that is, you know, the cells of whatever makes that up die and then are reproduced again. So, like, the formula mm. can produce itself or maybe it, you know, changes direction depending on, you know, as you said, as you get older, you know. Mm. Um, and when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Like, from infancy to being, like, seven years old, around, you know, you, you know, a lot changes in your body. And then the next seven years, you go into teenage years and a lot changes there. And then the next seven years, young adulthood. And I know, I feel like every seven years, your body kind of does go through a pretty substantial stage change. Yeah. Probably the least amount is probably like maybe 27 to 34. (laughs) Why is that? I don't know. Like you see someone that's 34, see someone that's 27. They're roughly 34 to 41. I, I just have a feeling about it. You know, I actually think you could be right. But it's like, it's no wonder people change over time. It's like the whole body actually is replacing itself. Now, yeah. I thought, unless there's something spiritual going on with the human body, we are, every seven years, totally a new person. Mm. Like nothing is like been taken with us that's of our body. You know? And so, because I still, you know, I look back seven years ago, and I'm like, oh, that was me. Yeah. But... Uh, that's the like information of you or something or mm. you know it's like um you know a mcdonald's gets built here <laughs> on the coast and mm. then they take the plans to saudi arabia mm. build a mcdonald's there it's the same it's still mcdonald's same plans yeah. same you know but um totally different material yeah no it's uh it's good and well they they say the same thing about memories as well if you don't think about the memory you know your memory mm. is a memory of a memory yes 
But I don't know how true that is. Yeah, because I feel like I I can remember things that I haven't remembered in the last seven years. Mm. I can remember them. I can remember, you know, things happen. Well, I've heard when I was eleven or something. I've heard the opposite of that. I've heard every time you remember something, your memory becomes a little less accurate. Oh, because I found out that I used to think that memories were like, you know, you've got like a database of things that have happened in their memories in your brain, and you know, as you get older, you throw those memories out. But actually, every time you remember something, your brain is recreating that thing in your mind. To remember, it might get it. closer though, closer to the truth. Closer to the truth. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Un- unpacking the truth through constant remembering through constant or me- yeah I don't know but uh, yeah to all the listeners at home how many times has your body regenerated itself yeah, do the math do divide the math, your age out. by seven and <laughs> <laughs> next buzzy thought next buzzy thought alright so I was thinking about flying mm. again mm. and actually I don't think I don't think people I don't think we'd want people to fly um, because I think limits, being limited is good. Think about how fast you stop playing a game with cheat codes, you know. Let me, th- yeah, so. With 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 a god mode. Yeah. Um, in a PlayStation game or, you know, in a, or, or even like in Scrabble and you cheat. How how empty is that victory? It feels terrible. Yeah. Um, if we were to fly, or, you know, the ability to fly, I feel like the world would just become smaller, mm. would have less limitations. And I don't know. It would seem... Well, I guess... I guess there wouldn't be... Roads would just be for trucks. Mm. Oh, would families fly... To you know, now nah, you'd still have cars, but um, so can everyone fly? In, the, in yeah, okay, everyone can fly. Okay. Yeah, and so you know, would change the the um the way that would build houses. Mm. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't have a little nude tan by your mm. you know poolside. Mm. I feel like I feel like your your comparison to a cheat code doesn't really work if everyone is doing it true if everyone can fly then it's you know you have to fly just to be on the same page as everybody yeah but well well i guess the world would become like a different like a different thing but like think about you know being stuck in a forest mm. or um things like you know rock climbing mm. how redundant that you know these fun experiences would be like yeah. these these challenging oh he, he climbed you know the navarra forest oh he fell yeah. off like four times but it's fine he just flew, flew you to know the bottom again uh, well it would just redefine it would redefine so much mm. um could you say a similar thing about um about cars you know, and how that changed the whole landscape. You know, imagine before that you would just have to walk or catch public transport to anywhere you wanted to go. Now, right, so yeah. simply, you just get there pretty quick. You know, I think by our standards, it's probably normal, but I would imagine at the time when they first came out, it was like a superpower. Yeah, or or even um, even like email or a message. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Getting a, how a, meaningless it means now. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, some messages do mean mean a lot. But I mean, imagine getting, you know, uh, you know. Uh, I take that for granted, and getting an email instantly when it used to take three or four days to receive <laughs> any information from anyone. Totally, ink pen, you know, yeah. you know, well thought out letter. My love, I haven't seen you for, you know, <laughs> my body yearns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's just like, you know, on WhatsApp, you up. Yeah, you up, <laughs> no punctuation. Yeah, it seems a bit cheap. But I wouldn't say I, I would give up, because with video games, once you once you find those cheat codes, it's like you've got maybe twenty minutes left to play in that game before you're bored, and just totally over it. <laughs> once you go down that path, 
don't know. I feel like flying would just open up a new way of life. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. Probably. But you would you would definitely lose things that you used to hold dear, perhaps. Mm. Rock climbing probably been probably been the first thing to go. Rock climbing. <laughs> Rock climbing. What's the point of that? <laughs> well, just the muggles that can't fly. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Society class differences between who can fly and who can't. <laughs> oh, that would be bad. Magic. Wouldn't it be magical in a magic land? Hmm. Think okay, so think about how magical really the world is. Hmm. Um I saw this video of this eighty five year old seeing the ocean for the first time. Oh wow. Uh and this ocean was shit. Hmm. It was like grey and you know, green and you know, it was just windy and it wasn't it wasn't magnificent. You know- but he was fascinated. Mm. He was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's more than I ever expected. What's a, what's oh, a famous? Um, we all like David Attenborough. Yeah. yeah. Like the world is such a magical place. Mm. But if it was magical, mm. you know, proper, you know, spells and potions and stuff. Sure, yeah. Like people won't be... F- wouldn't be fascinated by it. Like, oh yeah, okay, that's a that's a fire spell. Magic did it. That's a oh, that's a portal. Yeah. You know, mm. you wouldn't you wouldn't it wouldn't be this kind of fantastical. You know, yeah. Um, it's the it's the fact that we don't have it that mm. that it makes it magical. I think you kind of I think you're onto something there. Like, say if someone opened a you know a magical portal and it was you know bright and amazing and you know incredible. I would just go, yeah, well, that's just magic, isn't it? Like, that's magic yeah. that does that. As though it looks nice. But I look at maybe something like Aurora Borealis, which is these incredible lights in the sky, and I just am amazed. How could that, how is that possible? Yeah. And do you think that the the, the science behind it or the fact that we can figure out how things work makes it more bewildering to us, that we want to know how does it work? What makes it? Makes it more special, or I think it makes it more special. The fact that these things can be understood, really, yeah. I think it takes away some sense of wonder, because yeah. you don't know how it works. Mm. But I'm I'm saying in a magical world, we would figure out how the magic works, right? Where it comes from, or what you know, mm. yeah. Okay, but that's interesting that you think of it differently. You found out how it works, and then that makes it more wonderf- wonderful. No, me. no. I think just the fact that you can find out how it works. Oh, okay. But immediately, I don't know how it works. And that's like, how does this work? Amazing. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I, I kind of don't like the fact that we know how everything works. Or there's an explanation for, for everything. Mm. I guess the scientists would be the first to tell you, like, we know shit all. Mm. Um, is it time to hear a word from our sponsor, Hunro? It is. It is. Who's sponsoring us today? Well, uh, Nintendo has reached out to us and would like us to to you know, sponsor or spread awareness of a game that they have. Um, and the, the game came out how far long ago? Did you say? I think I think it came out in '94. Yeah, so it came out you know over 20 years ago, and um, and they just they just want to have another go at marketing it now to anyone who else is keen to pick up a copy. Uh, I think they caught wind that you know Disney was making all these remakes and um, and and they just thought stuff remaking it. Let's just get everyone to buy the original. The original, I think, the, just market it again. The manufacturing. <laughs> so they're bringing out. Um, so they want you to go out and and buy Donkey Kong sixty four for the Nintendo sixty four. Yeah. So how many how how will how will the folks at home play this game, Hunter? Okay, so um go on your Gumtree, go on your Trade Me, go on your eBay, mm. pick yourself up a Nintendo sixty four. I know the PlayStation Five, the Xbox Series X is coming out soon. Just hold off on that. Put that on the back burner. This <laughs> holiday, treat yourself to a Nintendo sixty four. 
then what you do, um, go to your nearest eBay. Uh, I mean, not not eBay. EB Games. Um, EB Games. Um, you know, JB Hi-Fi. See if they've um, got Donkey Kong 64. A lot of them aren't going to have it. But if you look hard enough in the pre-owned game section, I'm sure you'll find eventually. Uh, um, Nintendo is the shortest that this is something that is happening and can happen. Would you like to hear a summary of the of the game, Hunro? Totally. Donkey Kong must retrieve his monkey friends and 200 golden bananas from the evil King K. Rule, who is plotting to destroy Donkey Kong Island with a machine called the Blastomatic. Due to malfunctions, however, he kidnaps four of the Kongs, Diddy, Lanky, Tiny, and Chunky, as well as the 200 golden bananas. It's, it's really good. It's really Riveting. Good. I played the original. You did? And, um, Are you going to buy it again? Yeah. I guess so. I suppose we have to now. <laughs> now they're the sponsor. You know, Nintendo has reached out and they have supported us financially really generously on this one. And because they've been so generous, I won't say that I have played their new game that came out recently. You know, the um, the Mario... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I, you know, if they weren't sponsoring us, I would have said that they've released these games and done absolutely nothing to make them any better or improve them at all. <laughs> and I certainly wouldn't say that Mario 64 camera is just as bad as it was 20 years ago, maybe even actually a little bit worse. And maybe I wouldn't say that the game is, by today's standards, completely unplayable and not actually enjoyable to play at all. <laughs> you wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because they've been very kind to us on yeah. the podcast today. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, if I if if I if we weren't sponsored, I probably would say that the uh, the new remaster is is not, trash. Not a remaster. Don't waste your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an emulation, I think. Is it? Yeah. Can't you do that for free on coolmathgames.com? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> do you have one more? I've got one more and I I don't mind if you cut it because it might not even make sense, but I feel like we're going to cut cut a lot of this episode. <laughs> So this week was exciting because I finished a project of mine that I've been working on for a long time. Um, you might know about this already. Yeah, right? I saw the guitars. And yeah, so yeah. I've I've recently made a guitar out of um, recycled skateboards, and um, originally, and it's not the first one I've made, but this is like the best guitar I've ever made. Um, I, I like to make one guitar a year for all the listeners at home, and yeah, this was my you know my my creme a la creme. Creme brulee? Yeah, it was my creme brulee of, of woodworking projects. And I really worked hard on it. A, a few people helped me out to get like, my head around some things I did not quite understand with woodworking. And I initially saw it as, you know, my ode to skateboarding and music. It was like, I love music. I like skateboarding. So I'm going to combine these two things together. Um, and mm. I didn't come up with the idea, mind you. You know, I've seen them on the internet. People are doing them. Mm. And I thought, yeah, this is a great way to express my myself in a creative way and say you know make a statement about myself in that way um but now that i've finished the guitar it's it's i would almost say that as an art piece because it actually works but as a as a art statement i'm going to call this my retirement from skateboarding because it was it's made out of five skateboard decks which used to be mine and you know more or less when i look at this guitar I think this is me transitioning from one thing to another and the reason for that is because um, I feel that a lot of skateboarding is like just the image that you project like you go to the park and you want to be wearing the right jeans and the right shoes and the right you know, the dickies the yeah bands. the hat you know all that stuff yeah um and I've done some research on these brands because I always saw them as, you know, these small brands that picked up a few young kids back in the day and those kids were cool and it was all about the underdog story and, you know, how those, you know, kids brought this brand into the light and, you know, if you wear these brands, you're like part of that story, you know? Yeah. When in reality I found out that, you know, shoes like Vans, which are just, you know, seen as like, you know, the skater shoe, the cool shoe that you wear if you're an OG skater, was just made by this company that was Vans, was already part of a conglomerate company that owned the, the whole brand. And so 
the brand has just found a hole in the market and said, hey, there's a lot of kids who, who are into this skateboarding now. Let's make a skating-specific shoe. Dude, and they've totally nailed the marketing. It's kind of like that Lords of Dogtown kind of vibe. Yes, exactly right. And I, I did even some more um, research. So the, the, shoe, um, the shoe vans is owned by a conglomerate company called Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. And Vanity is that why it's called Vans? No, it's not. Okay. But um, right. but Vanity Fair owns uh, Patagonia. They own the North Face. They own um, Converse. All these brands that are seemingly separate. Converse as well. Yeah, that are seemingly separate are all what? owned by this big conglomerate company. I've, I've always thought Vans and Converse are like, Com- you know, no. mortal enemies. Well, no, they're not. They're owned by the same company. And a lot of these brands are. <laughs> and... um. And let me just bring up, so for, to, to your point, Laws of Dogtown, yeah, brought out in 2005. Vans was bought out by this company, Vanity Fair, in the year 2000. And so it's no surprise to me that after being bought out by this big conglomerate that a, a movie like Laws of Dogtown would come out five years later, which presents the story as in like these, you know, young kids wearing these shoes, doing these cool things. In reality, they were probably just wearing whatever school shoes they used to skate in. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I just realized that all this stuff that I saw as like quintessential, you know, street culture was just a brand. The marketing, yeah. And I did a bit of marketing study when I was in uni and it was like we learned about these five stages of marketing where you've got like your, um, you can market to like innovators, um, early adopters, the early majority, the late majority, or, or laggards, which are like right at the end. And, you know, marketers will try to pick a demographic to market to. So, you're, you know, your innovators are people who set trends. They're the first people to do stuff. Um, your um, early adopters see this and they get on it quickly. They want to be right on the whatever the trend is. And then your early majority, you know, as the name suggests, they, most people are kind of in this stage. Then your late majority is like everyone else who's just a bit late to the party. And then your laggards who are just without, you know, they'll do something like right after it's cool. And I think that um, a brand, like, I don't even know if it's a brand, but have you seen the Thrasher shirt? Mm. The Thrasher shirt is just like the perfect, the perfect, you know, um, like skater shirt where I think that whoever owns that brand marketed that perfectly to the innovators group they said this is a magazine um you know if you're really into this magazine you can get this shirt and you'll be a cool true skater and then at the first opportunity that brand was just marketed to like the early majority and you'll find that all of a sudden everyone's wearing the thrasher shirt and then it's like then the late majority gets a hold of it and, you know, now everyone who doesn't even skate or who knows who they are mm. is wearing it. And now you're at that sort of laggard stage where you'll find the shirt just like at a cotton on or something where it used <laughs> to be like this exclusive item. And I don't think whoever owns Thrasher minds at all. I think they're just happy to get the money. Yeah. And there's no integrity in the brand. And so I'm still happy to, you know, skateboard, but I'm retiring from any any idea. Any brand. Any idea that a brand has any significant meaning at all no. or, or have any real statement about who you are when you wear it. Oh, for sure. I, um, it is interesting, hey, because I've, I've been uh, kind of plagued with the, you know, the burden of choosing between Xbox and PlayStation mm. for my next console. Um and and for some, I, like I feel I feel a um you know allegiance to Sony mm. like I I just like I just like the brand Sony yeah I love know. their I love their consoles I don't know if I like their Spider Man movies Sony's, okay. but I like their consoles did um did they do the recent ones the uh, uh, like far away from home the, the, the I, don't, I don't think they did to be honest okay. That's more of a that's a Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the the movies with um, Andrew Garfield, not Andrew Garfield. Actually, uh, I didn't mind those ones, mm. but the real early ones. Oh, Tobey Maguire. Yeah. yeah. No, 
Oh. No. Before that? Before that, yeah. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> no idea. I didn't see those. Um, but tell me about your conflict within the consoles. Yeah, no, no, no. no. And, and I was just thinking, and, you know, someone made this point. It's like, look, don't have any allegiance to these companies. They're just, like, huge companies. Microsoft and Sony. Don't feel anything for the companies. Mm. They want your money. They're, they're doing everything they can to get your money. Um, but I think there truly are some brands out there that, you know, you, f- you feel like they're making decisions. They're, it's like you respect the, you know, the care and quality that they, you know, that they make. Like brands like, well, you know, game developers like EA, mm. they got some major backlash because they they added this um you know uh, looting system in mm. the the Star Wars games mm. um and it was just it was just a money grab and everyone called it out and so so now I look at EA and I'm like you guys are corrupt mm. um but but then you know there's some other developers that you're like oh wow okay cool you you added this remastered uh, feature and for free, this free down- downloadable content. You guys don't have loot boxes. Um, uh, you pay once for the game and then you don't want to make any more money money out of me. Mm. That shows integrity. Um, and then I, I feel some sort of like, hey, I like you. Mm. I'm going to buy another game from you or something. Mm. Like, like you... I, you know, I've built up some trust with that developer, mm. but how long does that trust last? Or, you know, I've I've built up I've built up some rapport with that developer. Mm. Is that good? Do I do I, uh, you know, is rapport good? Do I just make a decision that's best for me, mm. no matter what they've done in the past, or how I perceive them? No, just buy the best product. You're not wrong. I think even too like with um with the PlayStation Xbox, like I would almost because I'm a Sony guy myself. Not uh, like I don't own a PlayStation Four or play games much now, but at heart, at, yeah, at heart, still. And I I ref- I almost refuse to believe that Xbox could come up with a better console. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like I can't even I can't even comprehend that it might be better. True. Yeah, you know, I've seen some compelling stats, but sure, you know, I just don't know if I buy it. I know I, it, it, it's it's difficult. No, but I've owned two Xboxes and and they were and they were good. Mm. And to be honest, and you might, this is polarizing. I I like the controller a little bit more, mm. Xbox controller. Yeah. Um, like the th- you know. Anyways, getting off topic. People <laughs> don't care about this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I, yeah. Anyways, I will say though. But anyone, because remember, I think the most polarizing it ever was was between the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. Mm. Everyone wanted a bit of that debate. And to that, I would say the PlayStation 3 had a built-in Blu-ray player, which the Xbox 360 didn't have. As well mm. as that, it had free online play and rechargeable controllers. True. Yeah, the Xbox 360 didn't have any of that stuff. Well, But it did have Halo, so. The, the Xbox 360 try to because so before well blu-ray there was hd dvd mm. you remember that i actually do it was like the laser disc of of that era yeah it was yeah like the failed the it failed was the te- technology that didn't take off yeah yeah and blu-ray was actually you know sony yeah but um but yeah but no xbox actually was comparable to like Sony was actually l- the late bloomer because mm. I don't know that in that generation, Sony, yeah, it was it was so difficult to like Xbox actually technically. I think Sony still won that generation, but Xbox technically took the took the you know mm. took the victory just because they they gained so much market share mm. because it was so their um their box was so much easier to developed for mm. anyways getting off topic more to your point though i think you can respect a brand and go yeah i like 
this brand. And let's use like the North Face, for example. I would see that brand as like, you know, quality items, you know, good for outdoor hiking, you know. And it's like you buy this product, you're expecting to own it for life. And I think, I think that um, they're supposed to be like ethically made products. So like as, a, really? as opposed to, you know, um, you know, vans, which we know are made in sweatshops, um, the North Face is meant to be like, you know, more ethical designs or whatever. Um, but both owned by the same conglomerate company. Mm. So it's like, you know, whether you have respect for this company um, or respect for the other company, either way, it doesn't matter who you buy from, all that money goes to the same company in the end. Mm. And it's just like, you know, I mean, prick. Like, what do you, what do you do with that information? I guess you should still buy ethical, shouldn't you? Because it's going to persuade that big company to do more ethical products. But, yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, you still you still feeding the same the same guy no matter what. Same mouth. Mean. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um. Do you feel what if? Yeah, what are your takeaways from from? I guess you've already gone through your your takeaways and your uh. You're just gonna skate. You're gonna play guitar, but you're not gonna feel any. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Assu- yeah, feel any allegiance to, to allegiance, any brand yeah. or anything. Okay, and that's good. That's I think that's a, a growth point for me. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Hunter? What do we learn from this? Anything? Allegiance to brands, less so. Allegiance to bands. Mm. I would say yes. Green Day for life. <laughs> sorry sorry for bringing bands into this it's changed <laughs> changes the conversation completely but um bands are a funny like mix between people and brand like mm. bands have a brand mm. but um but then you you know you see the faces of of the people so i reckon you can have a allegiance to a band Anyways, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, last question. Actually, but yeah, on that, a band, I might, I'm still going to listen to music, but I'm not going to behave in such a way that I feel like the music I listen to says anything about me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that the music has just been marketed to me. To say, you know, we want to make music for... You know, people between the ages of 22 and 24. And who skate. Who skate, you know. And because I listen to so-and-so band, does that mean that I'm now part of this group? I'm going to say, no, it doesn't. Or I'm yeah. not going to behave in such a way that says, because I'm in this group, I have to listen to this now. Yeah. Just, just listen to it for what it is. And, then, you know, if you like a certain brand and it brings you a bit of joy to wear that brand, then that's fine. Hmm. But I don't – and I, I probably will still – buy brands that I like, but mm. I'm not going to assume that buying that says anything about me or I'm not going to try and say something about myself by owning that brand. Okay. S- to say something about yourself. Okay. So you, you, so the trap was in the past you bought into their, you bought into what they were trying to sell about the brand. Yeah. I, I totally bought into the, you know, the Lords of Dogtown you know, kind of vibe, kind of vibe. You know, surfer, skater, or drop into pools. You know? Yeah, and I'm gonna wear those clothes, and that makes me part of that. But not anymore. No, no more. I'm not buying that anymore. Okay, okay. You're not being duped. Don't be duped. No. Um, moral of the story. Okay. Last question. Yeah. Last one. Small, small question. Small question. If you were an antagonist. Everyone wants to be the protagonist. Mm. Well, not everyone, but the majority. Mm-hmm. What would be your stick if you were an antagonist? Mm. Like a con artist. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I find a lot of con artists, a lot of good sense people could be good con artists mm. because people trust them. Mm. 
Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people trust me. Um, and so I could, you know, easily uh, take advantage mm. of their trust. Actually, you know what I was thinking about this week is um, that scene from Austin Powers. I think it might be Austin Powers 2 um, where um, where the Dr. Evil... So, yeah, for Mike Myers' movie, if you don't know Austin Powers, give it a watch. It's a great movie. But the number two where um, Dr. Evil, he goes back in time to use modern... T- I think it's to use modern technology to hold the government ransom. and But because... They go back in time. He says, you know, I want a billion dollars. And they just laugh at him because they're like, oh, 100 billion, gazillion, bazillion dollars. Because the <laughs> money that they're used to getting in the future isn't, you know, isn't available in the past. And so, um, <laughs> so anyway, they end up having to settle for like a million dollars or something when they ask. <laughs> when they, they're like, oh, okay, well, what's more reasonable? Um, but there's this great line where I think it's Rob Lowe or someone, the, I think his name's number two. He comes out and he says, Dr. Evil, instead of, you know, spending all this money to make a giant laser beam or something to blow up the earth and hold the government ransom, now that we're in the past, why don't we just use our knowledge of the future to play a stock market and we could quickly make billions of dollars. Yeah. And he, you know, Dr. Evil gets really frustrated at this and he smacks him because for Dr. Evil, the point isn't the fact that they're going to make, it doesn't matter how much money they make, it just has to be evil. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just has to be bad. <laughs> and there's nothing inherently evil about you know using insider knowledge to take advantage of the stock market no and so i really like that and i think i'd like to be like that if i was the antagonist it's like maybe i'm trying to achieve something that i could easily achieve by doing like a morally right thing but it, it doesn't matter because i'm the antagonist and it just has to be evil it has to be it has to be an evil, evil thing to do yeah maybe oh, all funny. i want is like I, I want like a, a donut from the bakery and instead of just like, you know, going to work for 20 minutes so I can, <laughs> so I can afford a $5 donut, yeah. I'll, I'll like develop, you know, spend heaps more money on like a laser technology and then hold that cafe ransom for the donut, which they would, you know, happily easily <laughs> just easily like, you know, <laughs> so something so much harder than what it actually needs to be. Cause the drama is what's important in the narrative, isn't it? Yeah. You, and you kind of just want attention. You yeah. want you want the hate. You want to feel the hate. Yeah. People. Yeah, oh. I, that's the villain I'd like to be. The one who just wants to the attention and the, the yeah the the to, to uh, be as evil as possible. Okay. For evil's sake. For evil's sake. That's right. Mm. No, that's good answer. All right. Shall we wrap up there, Hunter? Yep. All right. Well, thanks right. for listening to Buzzy Thoughts, guys. To all our immediate friends and family who are listening. <laughs> and a few stragglers in Ireland. In Ireland. <laughs> oh, well, so, Irish people are listening because of um, old Bob Knob. Oh, yeah. Bob no- it's, <laughs> it's Bob Knob. It's Bob Knob. <laughs>